Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, we'll go ahead and get into the word of the Lord today. Genesis chapter 24. Now, if you amen me, I preach faster. If you don't amen me, I tend to repeat myself and drag it out. And you, you know, you get the picture, praise the Lord. So, you know, make it easy on yourself. Praise God. Amen. Love every one of you. Appreciate you. Genesis 24, verse 63. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. For she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah because she became his wife. And he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Also in the book of 2 Corinthians Chapter 2, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, my mistake. First Corinthians 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Turning your attention back to Genesis 24, where I'll be taking my thought from this morning. And it says in verse 63, And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And just for a few moments, I want to bring this thought to your mind that I believe that the Lord would have for us to hear. The camels are coming. The camels are coming. Dear Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, God. It's forever settled in heaven. I ask, O oh Lord, that you would take this anointed word and anoint our hearts and our minds and our ears, that we would, Lord, receive what you would have to say, anoint your servant, O oh God. Your word is never bound, O oh God. 
We ask, O oh Lord, that it go forth today and let it not return void. Let it do its perfect work, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Put the words in your servant, Lord, that you would have for us to say. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of God. A very touching story, the chapter of Genesis 24. We find where that Abraham began to grow old. And this was the time and era that parents would choose their spouses for their children. Aren't you glad you're not in that dispensation of time today? Amen. Praise God. Amen. But we find where that Abraham calls his servant in. He says, I want you to swear to me that you're going to go to a place and you're going to find a spouse or a, a wife for my son. He said, I don't want you to find one around here. For we're in a strange place. But I want you to go back to the place in which I come from and thereby pick a wife there and bring her back to be a wife unto my son. The servant said, well, what if I get there and she will not come? He said, then you're released of your oath. There's nothing more that you can do. Just don't bring my son back to her. And so we find the servant of Abraham. Many seem to think that it was Eliezer, one of his eldest servants. But Eliezer began to make his way back toward where Abraham had come from. And this trip was something of the nature of some 500 miles. The Bible records that he travels to the city of Nahor, which was actually named after Abraham's brother. And when he gets to a place of watering his camels, he pulls up to a well with all of his entourage and all of his camels that he has. The understanding is that he had 10 camels. And as they pull up to the well, something comes over the servant of Eliezer. And he begins to pray this prayer. He says, oh, the Lord God of my master Abraham. You'll find it in verse 12 of chapter 24. I pray thee, send me good speed this day. And shew kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down my pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, that she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be that 
thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby I shall know that thou hast shewed kindness unto my master. And the Bible records in the very next verse that before he could get the words out of his mouth, here comes Rebecca. Such a sight to see. Rebecca goes to the, to the well and then she turns and makes the offer that uh, she could give him water to drink. And when he is satisfied, she turns and she says, let me also let your camels drink as well. Now, that may not seem much to you, but you have to understand what it was all about. Now, camels were not the most friendliest creatures in the world. According to the Bible dictionary, they're bad-tempered prone to spit and grumble when they take on a load. Sound like a teenager to me, praise God. Oh, praise God, hallelujah. They are well suited for harsh desert life. With heavy coatings and insulation, this animal perspires little, and his well-balanced system does not require much liquid. He can go for weeks or even months without water, when he does drink, he only takes enough to replace lost moisture. Each one of his three stomachs can hold five gallons of water. In the hump on his back, the camel stores fat for times when food is scarce. Then the hump shrinks and his body draws on that reserve. The camel stands six feet or higher at the shoulder. He is trained to kneel on his leathery knees to take on a load. He holds his head high in what seems to be a haughty air, but he's merely peering out from under his bushy eyebrows. Like his tightly closed lips and nostrils, his eyebrows protect him against the desert sandstorms. His tough feet are ideal for walking through sharp rocks and hot sands. And here we find in the city of Nahor somewhere to well. Rebecca comes from the house with her pitcher. Now, her pitcher is quite large. From what we can understand, that pitcher could hold nine gallons of water. Now, I'm telling you something. Them women worked hard to carry around nine gallons of water. I, somebody said, well, that's women work. I don't know any men that carry around nine gallons of water out in the hot sun like that. She comes from the house with her great pitcher to fill up for the water's needs for the house. And when she gets there, she sees a sight of ten camels lined up, thirsty. And there's a strange man she's never met before. Something urges her spirit, and she comes up to that man, and she's let me give you some water to drink. And after he's drank, he's strangely silent as he's watching the whole procedure, for he had just prayed a prayer. And he's watching curiously to see if this would be the damsel that he was to ask to come and be his master's son's wife. And 
He's watching the whole procedure and then suddenly she turns and says something that I'm going to tell you took some real guts. She said, why don't you let me go ahead and water your camels also? Now, again, you've got to understand the camel has three stomachs. And each stomach holds five gallons of water. So that's 15 gallons of water per camel. Then you look, he's got 10 camels. That's 150 gallons. And she only has a vessel that holds nine gallons. And that means 17 trips of a nine-gallon pitcher of water that has to come and water those camels. It's not an easy feat. In the heat of the Middle East, no doubt. And here she is watering the camels. And this man, no doubt tears are welling in his eyes, for now he knows that this is indeed the woman that the Lord has ordained to be the one that would come back with him. And after she gets done, he introduces himself and tells the whole story. She invites him home. And there he repeats the story. He says, I want to bring back this woman. She has answered my prayer. You know, there have been times that I've stood by the well of the power of God. And I've made my prayer request saying, God, Lord, you're going to have to move. This man, Eliezer, or at least we think it's Eliezer, he stands by the well and he thinks, oh, God, you're going to have to do something, Lord. You're going to have to make a way. Lord, there's all these women around here, and I don't know which one to ask. I've come all of this way, some five days' journey. I've come all of this way, and now, now I don't know which way to go. You're going to have to let me know in a specific manner. Let her ask, Lord God, to give me water, and then all of my camels, what our prayer but before the words could get out of his mouth, the Lord already knew what was in the mind of the man that prayed the prayer. And I want to tell you something many times. God's looking for somebody to open their mouth and begin to pray a prayer. Say, God already knows. That's not the point. God wants you to pray in faith believing. Oh, I wish somebody get with me this morning. Before the prayer was out of his mouth, the Lord already had it orchestrated. Before it was out of his mouth, the Lord already knew the thought and the intent of his heart and put it in the heart of that woman. Somebody said, woe is me. I prayed that prayer many a time and God hadn't done nothing. You need to pray it one more time but pray it in the, at the well of salvation. There's something in the house today that says God is ready to move by his power and by his spirit, and he's waiting on somebody to open their mouth in faith, believing one more time, and say, God, I've got to have a move of your spirit.
And so he goes to the home and repeats the story to the, the dad and the brother. They said, well, that's going to be her decision to make. She was willing. But then the Bible says that they wanted to keep him for a little bit longer. And he said, no, I've got to get back. I'm an urgent need that my master has sent me on. And I must return quickly. I must get back. And so the decision was made that he was allowed to take her back. And now for the long trip back, 10 Campbells, long trip back across the desert floor, some 500 miles, walking on the back of a camel. Sure, there was a lot of room for conversation. This is that servant and Rebecca had a lot of time to talk. Maybe she asked, what, what does he look like? You know, they didn't have iPhones or none of that kind of stuff. You know, I was raised in there. We didn't have all this stuff. We got to send letters with pictures enclosed. Huh? Wasn't no such thing as going on Facebook and checking it out. Anybody ever heard of letter writing? I'm not talking about typing it up on your computer and printing it out. Yeah, that's, that's the sloppy way. That's the, that's the easy way. I'm talking about, you know, getting your pen out and writing maybe in cursive. I mean, writing cursive these days. And you write a letter to your sweetheart. And you send a picture. And, of course, on the back you put XOXOXOXO. You might know what that stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. Preston, you getting all this? Praise God. Amen, amen. Praise God. And so, yeah, she says maybe... Well, uh, what kind of personality does he have? Tell me more about this God that Abraham and Isaac serve. Tell me more about that prayer that you prayed. How that I was an answer to your prayer. Tell me more about this. And as they make their way, she begins to create a relationship of a man she's not even met yet from the information that's being fed to her for those 500 miles. Then we come to the text today where it says in Isaac, verse 62, came from the way of the, of the well, Lahiroi. For he had dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field somewhere as the sun is setting, eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and he looked across the horizon. 
And behold, he began to see that the camels were coming back. He'd been looking for them perhaps many days, looking toward the direction that they would come. And this evening, after he had been at the place where he dwelt, he decided that he would come to meditate, come and pray. And while he's meditating, he lifts up his eyes and he looks, and behold, there's those camels coming, and they're coming laden down with something for him. The camels were coming. The camels had returned. The camels had blessing upon them. Come on, somebody. They saw, he saw the camels coming. He saw something return, the promises of God. For we know that the promises of God are yea, and in him, amen. Somebody today you've been praying for a long time, and you've asked the Lord, oh God, I need you to move. And God seemingly has been silent, and it's been a long time since you've heard anything. But today I declare unto you, by faith in this house, that the camels are coming. The camels are coming. They're coming. They're laden with the things that you need. They're laden with the blessings of the Lord. The Bible says that the blessings of the Lord maketh us rich. And I declare unto you today, the camels are coming. Brother Adam, I don't know how it's going to happen, but the camels are coming. They're on their way. You need to be looking for them. You need to lift up your eyes to the horizon and say, I know that my God is not going to pale. The camels are on the way. Come on, lift up the name of the Lord right now. Come on, lift up the name of Jesus right now. In Jesus' name. There are things that I cannot begin to understand but I do know one thing for sure Jesus never fails God never fails he may not come when you want him to but he'll be there right on time he's an on time God yes he is he's an on time God yes he is we find where Isaac has been grieving from the loss of his mother. Nothing seems to console him. From what we can understand, if you'll read between the lines, uh, that he, he didn't even stay with his daddy. He stayed somewhere near a place called Lahiroi in the south country. He lived somewhere away from his daddy, probably in the general vicinity. But, he, but somehow or another, he went to himself. He was all alone. He felt so down. He felt like it, that, that he could not recover because his mother had passed. No doubt he knew about the, 
the situation that his daddy had sent this uh, servant to go across the countryside and to retrieve him a spouse, but he had no guarantees that there would be one that would return. Who in their right mind would ride 500 miles on the back of a camel on the promise that maybe this guy that she's promised to marry might be half decent and not be somebody crazy. She had no idea exactly what to do. She put her trust in a man that had prayed for her to come and to water his camels along with his own desires to drink water. But yet we find still that there was something in her heart that said, I'm coming to see this man. I'm going to come and see this man. And so Isaac is hoping and praying, thinking, I don't know if they'll find anybody. He's got to go such a long ways, and there's surely no way. But the camels were coming. It doesn't matter. The camels were coming. They had something there that Isaac needed. He needed it desperately in his life at that time. And the camels were coming with the answers that he had prayed for. And God is bringing today an answer. I don't know what it is. You know what it is. You've been praying and the camels are coming. I hath not seen, nor has ear heard. It's not even entered into the heart of man. The things which God hath prepared for them that love him. A lot of folks stop right there and say, now, this is talking about heaven. Heaven's going to be so great you can't imagine how great it's going to be. And I agree with that. Heaven's going to be so powerful and so awesome. It's going to be just so great. But yet, even though that may include that in its readings... The writer Paul goes on to pen these words, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. You cannot imagine what God has prepared for you. Now, heaven, that's another subject. God's prepared a great place. And one day if we're faithful... Our feet will step on streets of gold. Why streets of gold? Because gold will be unimportant to us. All the treasures of heaven are meaningless. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord. I'll have a new life. I won't have to worry about sickness and death and cancer and all this other garbage. It'll all be gone. 
And that's a place that God has prepared. But that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about a place in the spirit that God has prepared for you. That the camels are coming and God has laden the camel. My God, I feel the Lord right now. As a, as a preacher would say, I feel my help coming. <laughs> oh, my God. God has placed something on those camels. And they're coming to meet you. And you do not realize what God has prepared for you. Your eye cannot imagine. You can't guess it. And you can't even understand and comprehend down in your imagination. And I know you probably got a wild imagination. But I declare today that God has laid down the camels with something awesome for you. And the camels are coming. God has ordained it to be so you need to be watching. It's coming your way. And as the camels are coming, our focus is turned to the camels. And Rebecca. After 500 miles on the back of a camel, she looks across the horizon and she sees a man running her way. He's coming to greet. Who? Hey, hey. Who is that man that is coming to meet us? That old servant put on a smile. He said, that's my master. It's my master coming. My master's coming to meet me. Somebody is weary and well-doing. You don't know what you're going to do, but I'm telling you right now, the master's coming to meet you. He's running to meet you right now. If you take one step, he'll take two. He's not going to hurry. But then again, he will not delay. It's going to be right on time. I said, it's going to be right on time. If somebody here today would say, I'm reaching for the master. That's my master. That's the one that I serve. That's the one that I love. I'm coming to meet him. I'm going to get me off of this camel. I've got to meet the Lord. I've got to go run and meet that one, my betrothed. I've got to go meet him. I've already fell in love with him. I've heard so much about him, and now I'm ready. I want to be in the presence of my master. I don't know about you, but I want to be in the presence of the Lord at all times. I want to be where the Lord is, and when I get near him, I can't help myself. I'm going to come running. Stand with me today. The camels are coming. It's an answer of a promise. We come to church and we hear messages preached again and again. 
about what God's going to do. That all things are possible to them but believe. No doubt your mind is full when your mind goes back to all the promises that God has given you. When you wept and you prayed and you asked God to provide. And although you didn't see the answer, you felt assured in your spirit that God was going to do the work. But all that it was was a promise. And maybe today, somebody under the sound of my voice, you become weary with promises. Now you're ready to see some things happen. It's been a long journey. And you think, is it ever going to end where I can see the answers to my prayers? But today, I give you an assurance that the camels are coming. And on those camels are the answers to the prayers that you have prayed. I said, they're coming. I want to see the look on your face when the camels come over the horizon and you start to see the things that God has promised come to pass. They start hitting in line one after the other, you're going to feel like that you have been ushered into the third heaven. I declare unto you today the camels are coming, and God is not a man that he would lie. He's brought the promises to you. I'd like for everybody to come gather around the altar for just a few moments. Oh, God, do the work, Lord.